Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 he says yeah you can say you have faith and you can say you have works now let me clarify something here too while, while we're on this passage somebody can have good works and not have saving faith uh, you've got a lot of humanitarian organizations out there that are feeding the homeless, clothing people, and everything else, but they would never acknowledge it, that they know Christ or they know God. They're just out there. So, so you need to understand that somebody could have good works and no saving faith, but I'm going to put this out there. You cannot have saving faith without good works. It's impossible, James says. He says, you want to talk about faith? You want to talk about works? I'm going to show you my faith by my works. I'm going to show you because genuine faith is transforming faith. That's what it is. Anyone who has genuine faith, there's a transformation that comes along in their own lives. And you have to ask yourself, if I have genuine faith, has my life been transformed? In other words, have my priorities been reorganized? I've come to God. I've, I've received Christ, I'm in His kingdom now, and I serve in the kingdom of God. Have my priorities with time, talent, and treasure changed that prove that my faith is real? Or do I still involve myself in the same sinful th ways? Do I still involve myself in the same spending habits, in the same uh, mindset uh, for eternity and, and the temporal? In other words, I've got my ticket to heaven. I don't need to worry about that. I'm going to put that in my back pocket, and when the time comes, I'm going to pull it out, and I'll get my way into heaven. But while you're here on earth, your mind is nothing. But here on earth, there's no concern for any eternal any souls that would spend eternity somewhere, there's no concern for the downtrodden. There's no concern for the poor and the distraught. There's no concern for um, the disabled. There's no concern for the disadvantaged in our culture. In fact, we look at humans the same way we always did. But that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that every human being was made in the image of God, whether they're saved or not. And that motivates the church to move towards those situations, ultimately bringing the gospel to them. But if there's been none of that in my heart, if my mind is still the same as it was before, my spending habits are the same as before, everything that I used to do is the same before, but I have faith. James would say, no, you don't. James would say, no, you don't. Do you look for opportunities now to do good? 
as we are brought into a right relationship with God, we realize that God has blessed us with all the resources that we're ever going to have and need on the face of this planet that He will provide for us. And more, He provides abundantly, more abundantly than others. But, but when I look at my resources, do I see them as a tool and an instrument now to further the kingdom of God? Or when I get blessed and excess comes in, do I look at myself and just, man, I can spend more on myself? See, James says, you, you, you talk about faith, you talk about works, I'm going to show you my faith by my works. That's what he's concerned with. Professing faith is not the same as possessing faith. Professing faith is not the same as possessing faith. Now, is it important that we profess faith? Yes. Romans 10, if you... Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, right? But do you believe in your heart? That's what James is getting at. Not the head. The Bible talks about a redeemed heart because people can understand something intellectually. You know how I know that? What he brought up in verse 19 is striking. He says, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe in shudder. You know what he's talking about? You believe that God is one? I believe he's talking about the Shema, Israel's most famous prayer. It's their most ancient prayer. It's found in Deuteronomy 6. They say it twice a day. They say it in the morning. They say it in the evening, still to this day. And the Shema, Shema is, is, is in Hebrew, is here. And that's how it begins. And here's how it begins in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. They had the right understanding, you see. That's true. You, it, you say that, that is well, that, that you believe that, that, that the Lord God is one. But I want to tell you something else. The demons even believe that. And they shudder at Jesus. You, you, you want to know something? I don't care how much Bible training you've ever had in your life. You will not stack up to a demon because they came from heaven. That's the best seminary in the world. They were around the throne of God. They were around uh, the things of God. They saw the glory of God. They saw things that you and I never saw. They know theology. You know how I know they know theology? Because where they shudder at Jesus, they recognize him for who he is. They don't say, hey, you, you know, you're, you're just some dude, miracle worker and teacher running around here. You know what, Jesus? We cannot wait to ambush you. Yeah, try to go down the road to Jericho one day when the sun goes down, Jesus, and you see if we don't ambush you. New Creations knows what I'm talking about. So listen to me, though. Listen to me. Listen to what Jesus, okay, here you go. Um, Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 33 and 34. And in the synagogue, now I want you to know something. This man was in church. There was a demon hanging around in church here. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. All right? And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. See, they even know. 
They even recognize. They even acknowledge. They understand. See, but they are not redeemed. And what James is getting at is you can know all the right things and have never given your heart to Christ. Have never had a redeemed heart. You could know scriptures, memorize all the, the Romans wrote of salvation. Romans 3.23, You can have all those scriptures in your heart believing, but never have a redeemed heart. Information does not equal transformation. It just doesn't. And professing faith is very different than possessing faith. And that's what he's concerned with. That's what he's concerned with. Someone can believe all the right things. They can be orthodox in their theology and everything else. And he's not contradicting Paul on salvation by faith alone. If I gave an altar call here, which we've done, and people have come to Christ, and as I was saying earlier, they'll, they'll be brought to the back and they'll be counseled, all right? So, so if someone wants to commit their life to Christ, that opportunity is here. We give that call, we give it frequently, and many of you have come to Christ right here. But, but suppose that, that you come to the Lord, you know, you say, yeah, I want Jesus, and you come back, and you go into the back room there, and the Apostle Paul is explaining to you the decision you just made. He says, now I want you to understand that, that there's nothing you can do to be right with God. There's no good works that you can bring to be saved, to be justified, to be declared not guilty. Yeah, yeah, we understand that. And, and then James is there filling out the decision cards. There's James. He's filling out the decision cards and uh, get, get your name and everything. And then everything, you go on your way, you leave church and everything else. But then a few months later, you're shopping at Costco. And then all of a sudden, you're in the checkout lane and, aisle, and, and there's James. And James says, hey, I know you. He goes, yeah, you were, you were that guy that, that took my name down when I made the decision, and, and yeah, yeah, we gave those cards to the staff to follow up and all of that. And then James says this to you. How's it going? How's church going? Well, I really haven't had time to get back to church. You know, I got a busy schedule and everything. Well, how's your prayer life? We talked about prayer back there and that you need to start a prayer. Well, I haven't really developed a prayer life. Well, the scriptures we gave you to read, How's that going? And on and on. How's everything? That, that, well, I, I, you know what? That's going to come later when I finally have time. You know what James would say at that point? He would say, your faith is dead. He would say, what you have was fake. You could even tell James, I'm going to heaven because I profess. James would say, can that kind of faith save? Can that kind of faith save? No, is the obvious answer. And that's why the words of Jesus in Matthew 7.21 need to be taken to heart, dear ones. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, they're going to profess Him as Lord. They're going to profess Him, but they were never had genuine faith. 
And this is what James's primary concern is. Genuine faith is proven by your works. It's not the means to your salvation or even to faith, but genuine faith is proven by your works. Martin Luther said it well when he said, we are saved by faith alone, but saving faith is never alone. We are saved by faith alone, but saving faith is never alone. And that's true. We cannot say that we can bring anything to the table for salvation, otherwise you cheapen the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That what He did on the cross in shedding His blood to pay the debt, the entire debt of our sin, if you say that you bring something to the table on that, all you do is cheapen the work that Jesus did on the cross. But works become the result. Works become the result of genuine faith. Look at verse 20. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? James is pretty much saying it, it, it's not faith and works that saves a person. It's not faith or works that saves a person. But it is faith that works that saves a person. It is faith that is alive. Faith that is active. Faith that actually does work. And he gives two examples for what he's talking about. Now, look at the strong words he uses, though. He says, really? He's saying, do you want to be shown, you foolish person? He's, he's actually saying the foolish person would be the one to deny that works have anything to do in your saved life. And this is where he's coming from. The angle that he's coming from is his concern is so much that he would say somebody would actually be foolish to believe that they are right with God and saved merely by a profession, but their life has never changed. There's been no transformation. And so he brings up two examples. One's a likely example in Abraham, right? Father Abraham. Right? I mean, Abraham, we know to be the father of our faith, and he would absolutely be an appropriate example for us. He's known for his faith. He's the one that we look to as the father of our faith. And he was called out in Genesis 12. He gets the ball rolling. A nation's going to be birthed out of Abraham, and through that nation is going to come the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so we know that, that Abraham is so important even to us, not just in Judaism, but to you and I in Christianity. We look to him as the father of our faith. And what James is going to do is something interesting here. And you need to see this because some people get confused over this. You have to look at verse 23 first before you look at verses 21 and 22. Look at verse 23. And the Scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. The question is, where is that faith, where is that Scripture found in the Bible? And it's found in Genesis chapter 15 before the whole event with Isaac of him being asked to sacrifice Isaac that James is using as the evidence for his justification of his faith, all right? So he's bringing up Isaac. He's going to say, look, here's what Abraham did to prove his faith was right. But where was that Scripture 
when he was counted righteous. It was before that. It was in Genesis 15, verse 6. Here's what it says. And he believed the Lord, Abraham did, and he counted it to him as righteous, righteousness. Abraham was counted righteous because of his faith in, in God. That's what he was counted righteous, not from his works. And the context of this is Abraham tells God, look, I, I don't have a son. I don't have a son yet. You, you talked about through me was going to be a great nation. That I don't have a son. And where's the promise? The heir of my house is going to be a servant. The heir of my house is going to be a servant. And God says, wait a minute. Come out here. He brings him outside the tent. He says, see all those stars? That's how numerous your descendants are going to be. Now, Abraham did not have Isaac yet. Abraham and Sarah had not had Isaac. They're old in age. But Abraham believed God for that. And that's when it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, seven chapters later, in chapter 22, God asks Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. He says, go and sacrifice your own son Isaac on Moriah, Mount Moriah. And so Abraham, in his mind, had to be thinking this doesn't make sense. Because if I'm going, if a great nation's coming from me, this is my son, this is the heir, how's that going to happen if Isaac is sacrificed and dead? But Hebrews 11 says that Abraham even believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead if that was the case. So Abraham follows through in obedience to God's word, proving that chapter 15, that he believed God for his righteousness, that that event he uses to back up that his faith was real. It wasn't lip service. Look at verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see the faith, you see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. Then verse 23 comes and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That was not a fulfillment of prophecy James is speaking of. It was a fulfillment of his belief in chapter 15. So James is saying this. Abraham believed God, chapter 15, and it was counted for him as righteousness, but his faith was tested to the bone in chapter 22. And in that sense, Abraham's works justified his faith. Again, two different starting points. James is concerned with the person that says, I have faith, but no works. Paul says, before you even get saved, you come only in faith. So what James does in using Abraham says he didn't just say I believed. He did believe, and the proof is in his actions. What if Abraham wouldn't have done that? What if, if Abraham said, I believe you, God? And yet he never lifted a finger, never moved. What would the scripture say? 
No, but he did. He acted on God's word and he acted in obedience, whether it made sense to him or not, and it proved that his faith was real. So verse 24, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In other words, if you say you have faith and it's real, then your works are going to come behind it. You cannot contain what is inside you. It is going to break out. But if you say you have faith and there's no works that back that up, then you aren't even justified. You aren't even justified. He goes on and he brings up another example, which is an unlikely example with Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Rahab was a Gentile. Abraham was moral. Rahab was immoral. Abraham was religious. Rahab was a prostitute. Look what he says. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the message and sent them out by another way. Was not Rahab justified by works too? And here's what happens. If you read Joshua chapter 2, you see where uh, Israel is camped on the, the Jordan River. They're getting ready to go into the promised land, but they have to take the city of Jericho. And Rahab is a prostitute there. Rahab is a prostitute in the city. Joshua sends out two spies. They go into the city, and they end up at Rahab's house. And Rahab says, I've heard of your God. I've heard about your God. In fact, Rahab believed so much in God that she hid the spies and even helped them to escape, regardless of severe consequences that could come from the king. She could have lost her life. Now listen to what Joshua 2.11 says. These are Rahab's words. And as soon as we heard it, in other words, we heard about the works of God. We heard about how he delivered his people from Egypt. We heard about how he fed you in the wilderness, how he brought you through. And then he, she says this, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. That's her profession of faith right there before she hid the spies. So now she believed that God was God of the heavens and the earth, that he was creator, he was everything, she had heard about him, and her faith is played out in the sense that she's now going to hide the spies and she's going to help them escape regardless of the consequences that she would face. I love that, that James would give two examples that are on opposite ends of the spectrum. You've got Abraham that's a moral religious guy. He'd be seen as, as this guy who's upright, this guy who's upstanding, this guy who has this tremendous amount of faith. And then on the other hand, you've got Rahab that's a prostitute. Both of them were justified by God through faith and their works backed it up. See, it doesn't matter where you come from. It does not matter where you come from. What matters is where your faith is placed. It doesn't matter if you're a prostitute on the streets and you had a rough life. I love it when God saves people. I have a past myself and I love it that God is no respecter of persons, that he will save the ones in the gutter that are struggling with, with the, 
the worst forms of immorality, the worst forms of drug addiction or alcoholism, He will save them if they place their faith and trust in them. When it comes to the religious person, he is in need of faith too. The Pharisees were the religious ones of the day during Christ, and, and they had all the externals. They, they had their robes. They had their religious activities. They had everything, but they did not have a redeemed heart. It's called self-righteousness. And sometimes people fall into that even in the church. We say, how can God save that person? Or how can God save that person? You want to know how God saves people? It's through faith. Real faith. Genuine faith. Not fake faith. Not a profession of faith, but a profession of faith and a possession of faith. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977